Welcome, everybody. It's Big Ten Football and Beyond for this Wednesday, April 22nd, as I am getting ready for the NFL draft, have been for some time, but that's been the big story around uh, my world, my football world. Uh, We're going to get into some news and notes around um, players within the Big Ten some of the impact, but, man, we've just got tons of stuff. We've got um, recruiting information, and I continue with my series of going through a bunch of players within the Big Ten region and uh, includes schools in the MAC um, that are returning. Uh, listen, we don't know the status of playing college football yet, I know, but we're going to be playing college football at some point. And uh, I'll tell you, just spend time talking about players, going back, going through the film grade notes from this past year and really past couple of years, and guys that you need to look out for. And we've been doing that with each and every show, each and every region, and that's why we break down this college show a little bit differently. It's such a bigger pool of players, coaches, teams, that we can really get down into detail with each and every school within the region. We've got uh, a lot of news and notes on that. but uh, So we've got a lot to get to today. Got some questions that are sent in. Um, Kevin has a few that we're going to get to a little bit later in the show. So you want to check that out. If you've got a question, send it over to me at LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris. Um, and whether it's on this show or one of the college shows, uh, each and every day we can get to that. Um, also, a reminder that if you're not getting this podcast on your cell phone, sign up for Landry Football's conference call and uh, take advantage of making it go right to your phone each and every day. Want to, again, thanks and give a shout-out to our great friends at 401k Generation for bringing you this podcast They are the experts in financial planning, and they are the reason that we can have this podcast uh, and provide it to you for free each and every day, as well as the Pro Football Podcast. Flip on over to that, by the way, is we've got all the latest news and notes pertaining to the draft. And it's also a reminder to, um, you know, to to get LandryFootball.com so that you can get all the detailed information involved. But the great folks at 401k Generation, which you can learn more about over at LandryFootball.com, on the left side, click on 401k Generation. Um, send them a note on their, through their website. You can learn more about what they do, how they do it. They are the experts in financial planning, money management, investments. Make sure that you get your financial checkup today. And you reach out to them by phone or text at 1-866-998-5879. That's 1-866-998-5879. They're licensed in all 50 states. So give them a ring today, and um, they'll appreciate it, and we certainly would appreciate you doing just that. So a reminder again, LandryFootball.com, scouting season offer. You can get all the draft boards, scouting reports, free agent boards, you name it. We've got it all for you. Going to have all the recruiting boards and all the information, all our daily notebooks with 
inside information of what's going on and analysis evaluations we got it all for you so make sure that you check that out uh today and take advantage of it um the biggest news um of the day nationally in recruiting was four star excuse me five star best player in the country reminds me a lot of chase young Corey foreman from corona california defensive end a Long-time commitment to Clemson since January is decommitted from Clemson. Uh, Don't know that he's ruled out Clemson, but a lot of Pac-12 schools in the mix. USC, Arizona State, Oregon, Alabama is in the mix as well. So it'll be interesting to see where this young man, uh, how this recruiting process continues to develop with this young man going to be interesting but that was the biggest news of the day we've got a lots of recruiting news each and every day in our notebook so make sure that you check that out we're going to recap some of it uh the week that was in the big 10 um quick transfer news wanted to get to uh, former michigan senior running back true wilson has transferred to northern colorado 510 turner pounder uh, it's going to compete early i think for the North, northern colorado bears some recruiting information over the past week. Minnesota received a verbal from three-star cornerback Tamarian Crumpley, six feet, 175-pound guy, really impressive player. Maryland and Kentucky and Pitt and Wake and Michigan State. Uh, we're all in on the Cincinnati, Ohio native. Good get from Minnesota for the Golden Gophers defense. Ohio State gets another verbal from four-star athlete Jensen Dunn. Played receiver and safety at the high school level, South Warren High School in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Projected to be a defensive back. Really, really impressive. Uh, was considering Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, Oklahoma. Uh, really impressive. 17 commitments. The best-looking class in the country to this point in terms of volume. We'll see how that holds up. It's going to hold up well. I don't know if it will be number one in the end, but certainly it's off to the best start. Got to hold on to it. No reason to think they won't, but again, still very early. Some Michigan State commitments. Got a verbal from um, three-star cornerback Anton Booth, um, six-member of the 2021 recruiting class. So they're off to a pretty decent start. DeMatha Catholic uh, product. Also got a verbal from defensive end Tyson Watson. He's had some you know, really good offers from Iowa, West Virginia, Kentucky, Minnesota, 6'6", 275-pounder, good get for the Spartans. Northwestern gets a verbal from three-star quarterback Brendan Sullivan, 6'3", 180, announced on Monday. Uh, Akron, Ball State, Bowling Green, a lot of Mac schools, Indiana, um, Davidson High School in Davidson, Michigan. Uh, good uh, high school basketball player as well. Purdue gets a commitment from UCLA Redshirt Jr. Austin Burton. He's going to be eligible to play immediately. Uh, Redshirt Jr. appeared in six games. Um, uh, made one start in place of Dorian Thompson-Robinson when he was injured in a loss to Oregon State. Um, it was 27-41. Didn't do a bad job, but he'll, he'll compete uh, with Jack Plummer and Aiden O'Connell and freshman Michael um, Aliamo at the quarterback position. Cincinnati getting a good three-star commitment in the guard, Mayo Glenn. Um, 
Good get, beating out Pitt and West Virginia and Louisville. Luke Fickles doing a really good job recruiting recruiting against, um, well, again, the West Virginia Pitts, kind of the ACC Big 12, you know, type programs, kind of the Louisville, Pitt, West Virginia types, holding his own in the recruiting end in that regard. Penn State got a verbal from three-star corner Jeffrey Davis, Kingswood, Ohio native. Solid get for them. Uh, Minnesota got a verbal uh, from Avante Dickerson, a corner. Um, so that's a couple of guys they got this past week that really are good. And uh, another um, note on Ohio State earlier in the week, kind of, you know, when we get done with our show on uh, Wednesday and drop it on Wednesday for you, Big Ten and beyond, football and beyond, you know, there's news that takes place on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And so sometimes it's like old news uh, from the week. That's why you want to combine this with a membership to LandryFootball.com where you can get this information first and best and most accurate. Ohio State uh, kind of the uh, latter part of last week received the verbal from Tamenzi Adai, four-star defensive end. Florida, LSU, Alabama, A&M, Oklahoma are also in on him. 6'3", 260-pounder from Katy, Texas. Strong, aggressive, heavy-handed pass rusher. Uh, Got to work on his skill set, but really, <clears throat> I don't know his technique, but his skill set's really good. Top 40 overall caliber prospect um, in this class. Very, very impressive. Um, so, great again, part of the really impressive class that Ryan Day's got in Columbus going on. Some thoughts on some players around the region and the conference Based on film grades and as doing a little bit more work in the latter stages in draft preparation, also looking at film grade notes from the season and looking at guys that are returning. Curious to see how Peyton Ramsey develops. He really um, graded out pretty well in the last half of the year. Obviously transferred as a graduate to Northwestern from Indiana. Uh, he alternated with Michael Penix. This guy's got some mobility. I'm curious to see what Pat Fitzgerald and his staff's going to be able to do with him. Um, a guy that I like a lot that's kind of taken a step back from the program for personal reasons is Nebraska Redshirt Junior wide receiver J.D. Spillman. We talked an awful lot last summer um, on a podcast as well as on LandryFootball.com that this guy's an explosive slot. Well, in looking at it, he had more explosive plays in the past couple of years in college football than any receiver in the country. Last year he caught 49 passes for 898 yards, but his explosive play ability from the slot, yards after catch, big plays downfield, is one of the best in the country and an integral part. Hopefully he's able to come back and uh, right frame of mind and, uh, mind and all that at Nebraska again. He's taken uh, – a leave of absence from the program for personal matters. Um, and it's a little bit of a question mark for the 2020 season. But, again, hopeful that things will work out. Another guy to, you know, I'm curious with is Tanner Morgan, Minnesota Redshirt Junior quarterback, improving player, um, graded out better and better in his technique refinement, did, um, did a really good job last year, did a really good job in the bowl game. 
I think has a chance to develop in a pretty good player. Michigan State senior defensive end Jacob Pazuznik took a really good jump as a player in his own right. His technique improved. His pass rush improved. He's, I think, improved his ability to set the edge in the run. Um, I think has a chance to develop in a pretty good player, next-level player. Um, Julian Barnett is going to return to the secondary this season at Michigan State, speaking of the Spartans. 6'2", 189, has um, spent the 19 season at receiver and since they were hit hard, the injuries. But they're going to move him back to corner. He's long, he's big, he can run. And so it makes a lot of sense. So Harlan Barnett, get, Barnett gets him back uh, on the defensive side. Um, Michigan senior cornerback uh, Ambry Thomas was thrown right into the fire in his first year last year. Um, he plays a lot of press coverage. He executed very, very well. Gave up just eight interceptions in press coverage uh, last year and uh, in, in, in just over eight Targets of over eight yards. Uh, it's really done a good job in press, and it's got a chance to develop um, a physical player to become someone that can take that next step in his game. Curious to see that. Maryland sophomore Nick Cross, safety, um, one of the best young safeties in the country that graded out last year. 6'2", 2'12". I mean, you were talking about, you know, a a top-tier, top 20, top 30 safety in the country. Um, it's a true freshman, did a really good job, played primarily deep safety for him. But when he's, at, when he's asked to roll down and cover a slot, it was pretty impressive, pretty impressive. We've talked a lot all last year about Iowa going into the season and how it would play out. Iowa's receiving core coming back. The receiver, Ismar Smith-Marsetti, is a really good deep threat. And we'll see how this plays out. And Nate Stanley threw the football pretty well with him. Curious to see how he develops this coming year. And certainly that offense, quarterback situation, all of that's going to contribute greatly. But he's an impressive guy that moves very well. Indiana sophomore cornerback, Taiwan Mullen. Uh, Elijah's 18 receptions on 40 targets last year's. Tough to get as much recognition playing at Indiana, but this guy was really good as a true freshman. Really good. Um, you know, if you're talking about, hey, who are some of the best freshmen that graded out in the country? Oh, this is the best. That this guy is on the short list of the most impressive freshmen in the country, and probably no one even knows his name. He forced incompletions on 30% of his targets. I mean, he gets his hands on a lot of balls. Um, curious to see how he develops and grows here. At Illinois, the center, Duck Kramer, is going on his fourth year as a starter. Solid redshirt freshman in 17. Started eight games. He's really come on, gotten better and better. He crushes it in the run game now. He's one of the best run-blocking interior offensive linemen in the country and certainly one of the best centers. Ohio State senior linebacker Pete Werner took a really big step forward in 19. Just allowed two explosive plays in coverage, allowed 15 or fewer yards in, uh, in 10 of the 14 games he plays uh, and played. Two biggest games of the year, the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, the semifinal against Clemson, didn't allow a single yard in coverage. Incributed to, to five defensive stops over those two games. Should have a bigger role this year. 
Western Michigan sophomore Sky Moore was one of the true bright spots last year for the Broncos. Unheralded player. You should remember his name. Keep an eye on going forward this year. Very good young, talented guy. Toledo. He's got a redshirt sophomore guard, Nick Rossi. That could be a player to watch. 6'4", 290. Uh, really graded out very well. Um, there's only one of two games in 19 in which he lost more than one rep in pass protection. Really, really good player. Uh, Ohio senior running back, Demontre Tuggle. Transferred to Ohio as a junior. Uh, 5'10", 198-pound tailback. Was able to score 11 touchdowns uh, on the ground. And another as a receiver. Good dual-threat guy. I expect him to have a really good year for the Ohio Bobcats. Northern Illinois redshirt senior defensive tackle Jack Heflin. I've talked about a few times. 6'4", 3'19", graded out very well. Um, went from good to great last year. And somebody I'm watching, one of the best defensive tackles in all of college football. You need to pay attention to him. Um, back in the Big Ten briefly, Wisconsin redshirt junior linebacker Jack Sanborn, one of the best off-the-ball linebackers in the country, 6'2", 232, impressive in coverage. and has a blitzer. Um, Provide some pressures. Really good tackler. Impressive guy. Central Michigan's redshirt junior linebacker, Troy Brown, exceptional last year. Really in on a lot of tackles. Um, didn't allow much after the catch. Really one of the better coverage linebackers in all of college football. Watch for him with the Chippewas. Kent State senior quarterback Dustin Crum took over the starting quarterback early in the season. Really did a good job. 6'3", 200-pounder. Created out very well. They get similar production. They'll be a sleeper in the MAC. No question about it. Eastern Michigan junior receiver Quayon Williams, best returning player for the Eagles, one of the best players in Eastern Michigan's roster. Really good player, six feet, 170, uh, 87 pounds. Um, very, very impressive. Bowling Green sophomore safety Jordan Anderson allowed just five first downs on 111 coverage snaps from the slot. Um, also broke up three passes from the alignment, 5'10", 195-pound, not playing a whole lot till about halfway through the season. Injury forced him into the lineup. This guy's a player, and I think going to help Bowling Green out this year. Ball State junior receiver, Johannes uh, Tyler, had just one drop on 77 really career targets to this point. It's a sophomore in 19, very impressive, 6'3", 208 pounds, stepped up in a big way, sure-handed guy. Uh, was still not a starter, but a featured piece in their offense. Look for him to really take it to the next level this year. And Akron Redshirt Jr. receiver Jeremiah Knight um, averaged over seven yards after the catch. Big play guy, 32 balls caught last year, uh, broke a lot of tackles um, last year. Um, and I think got a chance to to really become a big-time playmaker um, at Akron. One of the reasons why we try to do this is keep you up to date on a lot of players in college football. And I hate to put it this way, but everybody's a potential, most players, not everybody, most players, particularly at these lower level, are, are potential college free agents. Guys that are really stellar that – may transfer up in the modern-day world. So it's one of the reasons why 
look, we encourage you to learn about these guys. That's why we do it. About these guys in the MAC and the Sun Belt and Conference USA and even lower level that I've come across, I've studied, that I like, that there's just going to be a tons and tons of players like that that you can read about every day in our notebook that you know, really good fits. Line up and play high-level Big Ten football, SEC football, um, you name it. Let's finish up with some draft news. Minnesota, um, Anton Winfield. I've talked about him a bunch. I, it, you know, I've I've expressed this to teams in the league. He is just such an instinctive player. He's wise beyond his years. Small, yes. Might be getting a similar player to Tyron Matthew with him. Josh Yusey was really underused in his time at Michigan. But I think he's got an ability to be an improved player. I'm curious to see where Jeremy Chin goes, the Southern Illinois safety. More athlete at this point. But he's 6'3", 222. And, you know, finding a spot's going to be interesting, but very curious with him. I love Geno Stone's instincts. I don't like his range. But in a two-deep coverage alignment, he can be a really good player. Jonah Jackson of Ohio State guard is an intriguing guy. He has not received a lot of hype, but it's another good player to keep an eye on. A um, little bit concerned about Tyler Biotic and red flag with his previous knee and hip issues may hurt his draft stock, but I'm hoping that I think he'll get a chance and I'm hoping he's able to kind of prove that he can be a player in this league. Cause I think he's a very solid pivot man. And finally, I'm going to get to some questions that Kevin sent in. He says he finds the big 10 interesting array and assortment of schools trying to figure out the baseline, what lower echelon teams need to be to become more consistently competitive. The Big Ten is an intriguing conference in that regard. He asks about Rutgers, Maryland, and Illinois. Uh, if these three schools just dominate recruiting with their own state, wouldn't they be annual contenders? What's preventing them from dominating? Well, first of all, Rutgers is new. Maryland is new to the Big Ten. Maryland has always had an issue keeping the guys on the Atlantic seaboard around. Mike Loxley's trying to do something about that. We know that Rutgers had some success in the Big East under Greg Schiano. They are off to a very good recruiting start, relatively speaking. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the lack of travel right now. A lot of kids in New Jersey. Yes, you could own their state, they'd be really good. Owning the state seems pretty easy, but for big-time programs with big-time financial resources, big-time tradition, it's a lot easier than ones that have never been successful. Rutgers' biggest claim to fame is that they were involved in the first college game ever. Since then, haven't done a whole lot. I think it can be improved. There's limited resources. Um financially, comparatively speaking, that's the key. I mean, you're going to have to match up with the other programs if you're going to look like them and compete with them and recruit like them. Maryland's got a little more money because they've got the um, Kevin Planks Under Armour money. But his 
challenge to make Maryland Oregon of the East. What Phil Knight has done, not quite the same. But same thing applies. And they've worked to improve their facilities. So those two are kind of newbies that have to get it done with tremendous upgrades in facilities. They're going to have to almost oversell what their future could be because their past is not all that good. Maryland had moments uh, back in the day that where they've been pretty good, but they've never been really all they got. The best they've ever been really in modern times is with Bobby Ross, and that was in the ACC pre-Florida State Miami. But no, there's not. There, there certainly are have to create an identity for their program and within the Big Ten. Illinois is a little different. Illinois has got old-school tradition um, in the Big Ten and pre-Big Ten even, and Red Grange and all that. You know, they've had some really good teams, but it's been a while. Their facilities have been awful. They are working to improve it. Yes, I've caught some heat. People say, oh, you've been been to their facilities recently. Yes, they're doing some things that are better. It's still not good. The stadium's a disaster. They've got to do a lot of work to improve facility-wise. And I think they've got to find the right guy. I think Lovey's a good coach. But what they have not found in all of these cases, and maybe in Loxley and in Shiano, that's the right fit for those schools, and it may work. But Illinois has got to find their guy that could sell that program and get the facility upgrades a real thing, and but also be able to coach. They got to find their P.J. Fleck because Illinois has more potential than Minnesota and has more of a recruiting base than Minnesota. But Minnesota is a little better facilities, a little better salesmanship. They've also done a pretty good job developing. That's what Illinois needs. So – it's leadership from administrative standpoint and from a coaching standpoint that they're missing. That's what they're missing to answer your question. Nebraska and Indiana, for them to be contenders, don't they need to have more regional recruiting? Well, there's a big difference. Nebraska and Indiana in a comparison are not a good lump. Indiana is a school that is much more known for basketball, always has been, always will be. They've not had great success in football. Again, facilities are, need to be more of an emphasis on that. There's a lot of resources to do that. I know economically it's not a good time to talk about the influx of money because it ain't happening right now in the shutdown. But there's a lot of potential for Indiana to do more. Um, there's a lot of good players in the Indiana region, but there's a lot of those guys are going to go elsewhere. Now, it's not so much the shadow of Notre Dame, who's a national power, but you know, most kids that are really good in Indiana are going somewhere else in the Big Ten or somewhere else, period, not Indiana. Um, they've got to do a better job in state before they can really branch out, but they've got to make their program more of a 
focus point. Nebraska's different. Nebraska's completely different. Nebraska is was a national power in the pre-television age because they were the first ones to, A, with a lot of money, the Warren Buffett-type boosters put money into the program, and Nebraska had the great football complex and great football weight room before anybody else had anything like that. Pardon me. So they would get guys that, you know, you'd go there and you'd see this is a football factory and no one else had that. What's hurt in Nebraska is that everybody now has those facilities because the money has been so great. In, in Nebraska, while they were so good at recruiting nationally, they, in the walk-on program, built a lot of their guys with the offensive lines that were red shirt that they developed in their system. They ran a same system for years and years and years under Coach Osborne and prior to him, Coach Devaney. And so they had guys on their staff, the Charlie McBrides of the world, the Frank Soliches of the world, that were there. 25, 30 years on the staff. And they had kind of a, a, a almost a um, assembly line type approach to what they did in developing walk-ons. Then they went out and recruited nationally. Could go to California all the way down to Florida and get athletes, <clears throat> skill position. Well, once everybody became nationally on TV – they lost their national recruiting edge. And so, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska is a fine place, but it's there's a lot of other places that kids rather go to play football that also have great facilities that are also on TV, and that's where Nebraska has really, really hurt. Nebraska's got to create more of an identity along the lines of being a upper-tier Wisconsin, meaning – Wisconsin is great at developing players. And then as a result of really good development, have been able to go at certain positions and recruit four- and five-star guys and have some modicum of success. Nebraska needs to develop players better, like Wisconsin, like Iowa. And if they're able to do that, they can then extend their reach in recruiting a little bit more. Um, so the dynamic recruiter that can also develop is what they need. Is Scott Frost the guy? To this point, it's off to a very slow start. Recruiting is good to pretty good, maybe a little bit better than good. Not quite real good, but it's not what it needs to be. Um, and that's what has to change. Northwestern and Purdue are different due to tougher academic standards. That is correct. Purdue is a perfect example, though, of a guy that's a really good offensive mind that has gone out and recruited a few players here or there that has made a difference. Jeff Brom and his staff done a really good job. Northwestern is purely different, purely developmental, they will get in on a kid that's really good, that has high, high academic credentials and standards and desires, 
they can get on to those guys. They can get on on the guy that maybe Stanford might get or maybe even Ivy League guy, but that's just too good and doesn't want to play Ivy League ball. They can get in on to those guys. You're rarely going to see them. They will get some transfers, and I think that may be another avenue that teams academically, that, that players that academically could fit in, that's it. So some uh, good thoughts there, and absolutely you're hitting on a number of schools, and you're right on target with kind of the haves and have-nots and what each school has to offer um, uh, in addition to the ones that we talk about a great deal, uh, and, and some that maybe have not achieved to their level consistently what they may be and have lacked to this point. Hey, uh, reminder that we're back for Big 12 football and beyond on Thursday. Uh, don't know when we're going to drop it. Very busy with draft preparation, but we're going to certainly keep you up to date on everything, not only with the Big 12 it relates to the draft, but everything that's happened this past week in recruiting around the conference. Uh, and obviously on the top of the shell, what's happening nationally, uh, anything that is uh, pertinent on the national college football landscape. Reminder to flip on over to the Pro Football Show and listen to that as we've got updated draft information. And because the information is so fluid around the draft, want to make sure that you are a member of LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the discount today of the scouting season offer. Take advantage of it. You can get all the decent, all the great inside information around um, – um, the draft and, and all the details pertaining to everything surrounding the draft and everything around college football that is kind of dropping at a very quick pace right now, particularly as it relates to the draft. So you want to combine listening to this show with a membership to LandryFootball.com. So we'd appreciate you doing that, and we we are rewar- rewarding you with the best offer we've ever had. Less than $5 a month can get you inside football like no one else can provide you um, an insight into and the film room analysis we're going to have obviously a lot of recruiting stuff after we put the draft to bed so on and so forth so you want to check that out also check out our great friends at 401k generation license in all 50 states you can reach out to them today at 1-866-998-5879 that's 1-866-998-5879 uh, check them out. They are the experts in financial planning and the reason we can provide you this podcast. Uh, talk to you tomorrow and talk to you over on the pro football side. Great to be with you, everybody. A draft is coming up. A lot of things going on. So make sure that you check it all out over at LandryFootball.com. Talk to you next time, everyone.